The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. So we finally put bat on ball and we didn't think that would happen. The cricket season is up and running. Chester Bolton Hall are on the board. And yeah, hey, things are looking okay. So welcome to the latest edition of the Full Toss podcast from Chester Bolton Hall. My name is Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon, we'll be chewing the fat on the games from the weekend just past and looking forward to a packed old programme this weekend. We'll be talking to Warren Goodwin after he smashed 144 in the game against Oxton at the weekend. And with the ladies starting their season on Sunday, we've lined up Tilly Bus, Nicole Fisher and the coach Alex Money. It's the full toss. It's Cricket Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The full toss. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. Great stuff. So, uh, full toss podcast, no messing around, big program with the ladies in a while, but we'll get the gents out of the way first. Lee, back in the crease. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be back out there, Jim. Nice to have a bit of a hit. Um, and it, it was great to see uh, so many people taking advantage of the hospitality as well. I know, obviously, we're not allowed spectators, but it, built, it did bring a little bit of atmosphere to it. And uh, nice to be away and uh, into the season. Into season with a win for the first team at home to Oxton, Sunshine, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it, it looked good. Yeah, obviously, you know, important to get off the mark with a, a good result. And I think it was important that we laid to bed. You know, we, we, we were very poor against them, you know, towards the end of last season. Uh, started with almost the ideal game for us. Lots of runs, uh, batting first, declaring early, and then being able to bowl the side out on, on a... A flattish Chester wicket. There was a little bit of spin in it. Uh, I think, if we're being totally honest, I think the the bowling unit still had a little bit of rust on it, which isn't surprising considering, obviously, our pre-season game was snowed off. Um, so, you know, we, we have to be patient with those guys and they bowled some really good balls in and amongst some stuff that they probably wish that they could have back. Um, but, you know, obviously, from a batting viewpoint, even without uh, Rick Moore, who uh, missed a week with an intercostal in- injury, uh, the batting lineup seemed to to fire pretty well and and put us in a good position and uh, 25 points. And it showed our batting in in, in depth, didn't it? Because uh, as you say, Rick wasn't there, um, so so Luke Young stepped stepped up the mark. Warren got big runs. More of that in a sec. Uh, a chap called Lee Dixon looked uh, looked to have uh, kind of reinvented himself with a lot of dibbing and dabbing and dobbing, uh, for what I could see. But it was a good innings. Um, and uh, you know, further on down. Um, Atif came in and there's some good stuff all round, I thought. Yeah, you know, look, um, Warren, obviously, we'll uh, talk about that in depth later on, batted really well. Uh, really unfortunate for Luke Young. Obviously, Luke stepped up to open in Rick's absence and looked a million dollars uh, until he was run out, whether that was just a little bit of a miscommunication being first game or 
whether that's Warren getting a bit older and this young lad's a bit quicker, we don't know. <laughs> we can work that out in future weeks. Um, and, and, you know, obviously not to mention the skipper on yeah, sorry, you know, yeah. his, his home uh, captaincy debut, making a, a fine 40. I think he was really disappointed uh, not to turn that into a big one. Him and Warren were really putting oxen to the sword. And then, as you mentioned, I managed to get out there myself, uh, having to change my game a little bit. Um, as Rick Moore said, you know, I can't hit a six anymore, so I'm having to kind of move it around a little bit. But that was that was really nice, batting with Warren. We've done that a lot over the years. So there's a couple of melancholy moments out there, you know, kind of reminiscing on we used to do this more often. Uh, but, you know, there is no better player uh, when they get going. And Warren went through the gears and uh, that was that. Yeah, very much so. 303 for six. Declaration after 48 overs. Yeah, you look, declaration there. It, we probably could have declared a fraction earlier, but, I, I, you know, speaking to some of the Oxton players, I think they were, um, you know, they thought that it was a really good surface and that, you know, we gave them plenty of overs to chase it. So, you know, it made for a good second half. Uh, we, we had extremely aggressive fields, you know, a lot of people around the bat for the duration of the innings, uh, which is a new challenge for the bowlers as well, because, you know, obviously a lot of the time in 50-55 over cricket, it's a ring on sweepers here and there. So, it's a, you know, it's a really good challenge, especially for the slow bowlers to have those guys in at bat pad and, and slip and, and whatnot. Um, seeing, uh, seeing George McCormack under the lid was a, a real special moment for a lot of the first team lads because George is not necessarily known for his uh, coordination when it comes to catching. So if he takes one in there, <laughs> someone's going to be really unlucky, but good to see someone taking that mantle on. Um, and I look, you know, like I said, Jack Williams bowled some really good balls. Harry bowled some really good balls. Harry got, uh, Charlie got an important breakthrough. And uh, both Luke and uh, George got a wicket up the top. So, all in all, you know, a really solid performance. And uh, like I said, uh, a lot of people down watching, taking in the game. So, all in all, a great, a great game. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew had to work hard to do it. And it uh, went the, the distance almost. So, a decent game of cricket. Um, the twos, uh, uh, meantime, went off to Bowden, Lee. Yeah, the twos went off to Bowden. Uh, Matt Chris's first game as captain. It, it looked like a, a really, really good wicket. I know Bowden over the years have had some, um, what's the word, regarding the wickets. It's, it's not always been batsman friendly. Yeah. Um, I know being there playing three-day cricket, those were always the games where you thought, oh, this is going to be finished in two. It was very responsive. But what I'd say is, by the looks of it, you know, they did get a couple of new wickets laid a few seasons ago. They seem to be bedding in. And, and we, you know, got a very, very competitive total first half. Um, star of the show really was Reg Wyatt. Reg made 80-odd uh, not out. From all accounts, really batted sensibly, built his innings up really well. Uh, and obviously, that boy Bobby Evans came back after two years off, uh, like a fine bottle of wine, into second-team cricket, getting 50 on his first game back. And Ben Spaven, obviously we, we mentioned last week that he was probably unlucky to be left out. There was a, a late cry off of Rick Moore, so everyone nudged up one. And Ben came in and did a, fa did a fantastic job smashing the ball to all parts and, and has managed to retain his place in the second team. So well done to Ben. Excellent. Uh, but shut up shop time for Bowden, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. You know, obviously early in the season, it's tough to know what a good score is. And, uh, you know, two, 280 uh, at the start of the innings uh, seemed like it was going to be a, a quite an interesting chase from all accounts. But after they lost a couple of uh, wickets, Bowden made it quite clear that they weren't going to chase down the score. And, you know, they were talked about as a, a side that potentially could be up near the top of the league. So take it as a compliment to our second team that 
Bowden weren't prepared to give us all the points and, and, and they dug in and, and got the draw. The ball was thrown around to try and get some, some wickets and create some opportunities. But on this occasion, it, it looked like a, a high-scoring draw for the second team. And I'm sure Griff will be looking to get off the mark at home this weekend against a, a very, very solid uh, Nantwich second eleven side led by our old friend Andy Newton. Of course, yes, yeah. Two old adversaries in action there. Okay, so uh, draw for the twos. The threes uh, fell short, didn't they, at home to Alvinley? Yeah, they did. Um, Alvinley seconds turned up, and I think like a lot of cricket clubs, that you know they've got very strong um, selection at the moment, and uh, the way that the league structure works, that we were actually playing Alvinley second team, our third eleven, and from all accounts, Alvinley second team were an extremely strong outfit. And that seems to be the case. Uh, we were bowled out cheaply. I think it was about 150, Jim. Um, and, you know, not, you know, speaking to some of the batters afterwards in the bar, it was definitely a case of uh, early season shots from our perspective, more, you know, more so than that we were just skittled out. Yeah. And it was never really enough runs. They managed to knock it off one down. Uh, so it's, it's back to the drawing board a little bit for George's men this week. But I've got, I'm full of confidence away at Haslington that we should be able to get off the mark. Excellent. Okay. Uh, and then Ian Thistlewood took the, the fourth band of Merry Men over to Winnie Park. Yeah, Winnington Park. Um, obviously, one of those uh, places, Winnington Park, we spoke about before. Beautiful ground, one way, Chernobyl the other. Um, the guys did a fantastic job, obviously, winning the toss and bowling on what looked like quite a a tricky surface from all accounts. Um, didn't perspire to be a great game because we ended up bowling them out for, for 80 um, and then knocking it off for none. So jo Joey Desmero uh, got 34 not out there, which is great. You know, uh, Joey getting some early season runs and Jazzy got some wickets, but uh, it seemed like quite a straightforward result. And I'm sure this week uh, they'll be tested a lot, a lot further by, by Groves. Absolutely. Okay, so that's uh, that's our four sides lead. Before we have a look at who they have this weekend, um, what else caught your eye around the leagues? Well, around the league, obviously for um, the Premier League, uh, I did touch on them last week. Did really look like they're going to be a really decent side. They uh, won by 114 runs against Toft. Uh, Charlie Charlie Loudon, that we mentioned last week, yeah. he's coming to the side. Him and Tim Hughes look like a really useful opening partnership, uh, making 114 and 82 respectively. They look like a you know like I said a real real handful when you've got Nick Anderson coming in at six, getting 33 off 22 as well. Um, that they put Toft a little bit to the sword there. Neston uh, just got over the line in time against Cheadle. Um, from all accounts, Cheadle's ground was in fine fettle and basically allowed uh, um, uh, Neston to amass 280. Our, our old mate Mark Rowland with 80 on debut and Luke Camden picking up a good 80 as well. Um, put Neston in a strong position. But it looked like at one point that uh, Cheadle could even get close to that score. But Ash Davis coming back for the last two overs and he just ran through the, the two tail enders, which Ash does better than anyone. And probably, you know, the final thing I probably pick out on last week is we're obviously going to Nantwich this week and they bowled out um, Witness for 83 after being 73 for three. Uh, Phil Stockton with five wickets 
And then uh, Nantwich knocked it off for, for none. Uh, Rob Cook Teeve, right, with 50 not out. So, you know, in a lot of respects, it, obviously a good win for Nantwich. It probably suits us um, their result if they were going to win because obviously a lot of people in their side didn't battle bowl. So hopefully we can catch them a, a little bit rusty and, and take some points from a, a tough trip to, to White House Lane. Yeah, and, and on that trip, uh, Lee, I mean, arguably the best opening tack in the, in the, in the Premier League with Mitch Spencer yeah. and, um, and Jimmy Warrington. Uh, so it was interesting to see that, that Stockton got all the wickets. Phil Stockton, obviously uh, one of those guys, wily performer. Since they've um, come together with Weston, obviously Phil being back, he's a very, very handy all-round player. And on these early season wickets, just bowling those medium paces, he's going to be a real handful. Um, him and Ollie Griffiths, he finished last season really well. He started this season really well as well. So, you know, they've got a very decent attack. Um, I mentioned Rob Cook's Eve, right, but Anish Kapil, who's come across, um, who was with Staffordshire. He's obviously played some first-class games as well. He got 34 and out. So they, they've got a, a slightly different-looking batting lineup with with Kapil. They've got Spencer Byer, who's come across from the Staffs League, another minor counties player, Luke Robinson, Ray Doyle. Um, so, you know, they're an extremely strong outfit. And arguably, we would, we would normally say that this is our toughest away game of the year. And I don't think that's going to change very much. We shall look forward to that then. Um, the twos at home tonight, which you've already uh, alluded to. Um, threes and fours? Yeah, uh, the threes go away to Haslington. Uh, like we've found the last couple of years uh, with the league moving, you know, the, the teams around and the configuration of the UK Fast League, we've actually had the opportunity to go to quite a lot of different clubs and different grounds. Haslington's another one of them. So I'm not 100% sure how strong they're going to be. But looking at the third 11, you know, they've obviously got to lick the wounds a little bit from, from last week. Sam Mallow's playing for the third 11 this week is a name that stands out. Obviously, someone who's probably, by missing week one, has just missed the, missed the boat to go straight into the twos. This guy's a serious performer. And, uh, if, you know, if he gets the ball in the right areas, I think he's going to cause some, some real problems. And uh, also, maybe Dan Pond can carry on with his good form, starting really well last week. Um, I'm pretty sure his mum had him in the fantasy league as well, because she's doing really well in that. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully the likes of, of Dan, Luke Ramsey, Ian Metcalf, George himself can, can get some runs and, and put some pressure on the opposition. And the fours? Yeah, the fours are at home. Uh, they, they start their home campaign off with a, a game against Groves. It's normally a fantastic game against the Groves. Mm. They're, you know, they're not too far away from Ellesmere Portway, uh, the old Castrol ground. Um, and they, they come across and, and they're a, a really competitive side. They seem to get on really well with our lads as well. Uh, in the past, they've stayed afterwards. And, you know, that's going to be a, a, a really interesting contest there. You know, that, that lineup that um, Ian Thistlewood has got, just Robbie Williams comes out from last week, who's carrying an injury following a tennis incident uh, earlier today. Uh, so that's hot off the press, Jim. Uh, Robbie Williams is out oh. of the four-team game versus Groves with a tennis injury. Um, so that's a double fault on his behalf. Uh, but <laughs> Matt Hodges comes in. Um, so obviously an extremely strong replacement. So that, that's really good. And also Jake Wonky is literally days away from, 
returning from injury. So hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about Jake coming back into the side. Great stuff. So the four senior sides in action on Saturday. No cup games for a week or two, but we uh, we do kick off with the T20 campaign very shortly for the ones, don't we? A midweek campaign. Uh, and then there's that double header against Didsbury. Yeah, obviously you just touched on the T20s there. It was fantastic last weekend, Jim. Just to, we, we staged a, a T20 round robin between uh, ourselves, North of Paul and uh, Stockport Georgians. Uh, I think the first team was a, a mixture of uh, first team players and players looking to get into that first team. Also as well, uh, our franchise cricketer, which is your son, Ollie Law, <laughs> who obviously uh, comes out of the changing room offices, uh, ready to play uh, at the drop of a T20 hat. So that was great to see him back out there. And uh, he was in a bit of a rush in that second game because I'm pretty sure he was uh, off to watch Southampton not have a shot in the semi-final of the FA Cup. <laughs> Should have stayed in, I think. <laughs> um, so that was that was good. You know, that T20 side, Alex Townend was a real pick for me. On that Sunday, I thought he bowled really well in both games, um, which is something to watch out for. He's got a really nice skill set bowling at the death, bowled some good Yorkers. So, you know, that, that was really positive. Uh, a good knock from Andy Metcalf. And nice to see Alex Money in the runs in the first game. So, it was really positive. It gave us a chance to give some guys some hits, some extra exposure at the crease, ready for this weekend. But when that uh, competition comes around, it'll be really interesting to see uh, which direction Harry Cloran goes in. Uh, you know, there's competition for places all the way through the side. And Alex Nash played in both those T20 games, and he'll be put, he'll be knocking the door down with with Tommy White for that keeping spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not too far away then, is it? We have, uh, I think, it's, I think it's a week on Thursday. Two weeks, the 6th of May rings a bell for the first uh, first of those T20 games with Alvin Lee, Barrow and Davenham lined up, isn't it? Yeah, look, it'd be it'd be great to get back out there play some T20. Obviously, we didn't play it last year midweek. We just played in the, in the COVID league. So that'd be good to get going. It won't just be us as well. The second team will have T20s and the third 11. So it'd be interesting to see how some of these guys get on in the shorter format. And it's a great bit of fun for the guys midweek as well. And I'm sure that the bar will be busy. The Chester Boughton Hall Player of the Week. Sponsored by Changing Home. Chester's premier independent estate agent. Great stuff. OK, Lee, the uh, Changing Home Player of the Week was uh, <laughs> no great surprises here. You revealed it on Saturday night in the tent, didn't you? Yeah, it went to Warren. Uh, Warren batted absolutely superbly well on Saturday. He really didn't go through the gears either, Jim, which sounds a bit ironic with 140 off 120 balls. Uh, Oxton set the field up, trying to be aggressive, minimise the singles. The only problem with that was the fact that every time it went through uh, the ring, the outfield was extremely quick and it was there was boundaries left, right and centre. Uh, Warren did take to a couple of their younger spinners and uh, put a couple into the... Uh, I call it a housing estate. It's not quite uh, shameless. You know, they are townhouses, but he did put it into the housing estate there and then played some fine shots off, off some of the seamers as well. Um, so, you know, a, a very easy choice for player of the week. Uh, and I'm sure that we'll probably at some point in the in the summer again have to talk about one of these masterful innings. But, you know, it seems to be that as he gets older, he just you know, finds new ways to churn out runs. It wasn't the explosive Warren of four or five years ago, very much within himself and, and batted beautifully. Yeah. So let's hear now from our Changing Home Player of the Week, Warren Goodwin. Warren, uh, you uh, you must have been very happy with that. 144? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but firstly, thanks, thanks for inviting me back on on the podcast. It's been uh, it's been some time. It's been, it's been a couple of weeks, I, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't, didn't think I was going to get the invite back. <laughs> well, at least not to, not on this call. So uh, uh, you're safe. You're safe. Uh, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I would I would have taken that at the start of the day. Um, I always feel that um, at the start of the season, obviously, obviously things get reset and. Um, there's uh, expectation um, expectations for every single player as well as the side to to do well and, and, and be at be at the best. So um, yeah, nice nice to uh, nice to get a big one early on. Actually, that's that's refreshing to hear actually because you know you've got this great track record, but as you say, everything starts at zero, doesn't it? And you've got to go out and do it again. Do you, do you get those nerves then before before a season starts? Uh, yeah, for for those reasons. Um, absolutely. Um, I'm not someone that can just rock up and after a long winter, and it has been a long winter, I'm not someone who can just rock up and and expect to get runs without practicing. So it has been um, a, a sort of jam-packed couple of weeks, um, just just hitting volume. And fortunately, I've uh, Lee's been available to to help me out with that. Um, but yeah, for me, because of that expectation, there is uh, is certainly pressure there. And just to make it slightly harder for you, of course, Rick uh, pulled out with a, with a back injury, and you had a brand new uh, opening partner. Yeah, and what a what a partner to replace Rick with. Um, Luke looked uh, Luke looked a million dollars in that first over, um, and after that first over, I thought, yeah, I thought three hundred could be on the cards with with Luke scoring the majority of them, but. Um, Unfortunately, there was a uh, a pretty uh, pretty horrible mix-up between us, and uh, and and he got run out. So <laughs> I did uh, I did feel did feel bad because it was his opportunity at, at the at the top of the order, uh, and not only that, looking a million dollars, um, he he could have very easily have scored the the hundred and fifty. Um, but look, I, he'll I'm sure he'll he'll uh, he'll be scoring runs like that uh, for us over the next couple of weeks. I mean, to to put those runs into perspective, I mean, from what, what I saw, you sort of netted yourself into form. Not that you started off badly, of course, but you did your usual sort of, you know, just sit back a little bit and let the uh, let your partners compile the runs. And then you kind of get comfortable and then uh, off we go into overdrive. And of course, you finish with those two big sixes, missing a couple of cars by inches. Uh, so was it a typical Warren Goodwin inning, innings, do you think? Um... I don't think, to be honest with you, and talking to Lee about it, I don't think I, until the the over got out, I don't think I really had to jump out of sort of fourth gear. Um, and I could maybe say that for the likes of Harry and uh, and Lee as well. I think it was a it was a wicket that was obviously with, with the scores that you can see, it was a wicket that was nice to bat on, um, and you didn't really have to take too many risks to to score runs. Um, good, you could you could hit good length balls for for four. So um, yeah, it generally I felt the innings yeah went went up through the gears, but I didn't I, I didn't really think I, any of us got out of of third or fourth gear, which is surprising considering the um, the score that that we posted. So how reassuring is it then, looking at that batting lineup where we go potentially all the way down to I guess I guess eight or nine, um, that kind of Okay, if it doesn't come off, then uh, there's something else in the tank. 
Yeah, it's nice to know that we have got everyone who got a, a very long batting order um, with the additions of um, a, a teeth. Um, I mean, he's been a, a really, really good signing for us and really strengthens that, that middle order and someone who I, I see can bring experience um, finishing off games. Um, so, yeah, it, it is, it's nice having that. However, um, I think we all go in with the attitude that we take responsibility and um, it's not up to anyone else down the line. Because uh, I think if everyone else has that attitude, then um, there will be ta- there will be days, there will be games where um, we'll get we'll be rolled out for a um, for a, a below par score. Just kind of, how do you still have that energy, or or do you still have that energy and that ambition when you go out to battle at the start of the new season? Uh, it's just for me. Uh, I, I enjoy. I, I'm competitive by nature. I, I want to win things. Um, look, I also set myself my own personal goals. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy it. I, I want to win things. We've had a successful period. Um, I enjoy playing with the people that I, uh, in the team. Um, and look, who, who doesn't enjoy playing uh, a sport and, uh, which, which as, as, a, as a team that you're, uh, in a successful team. So, um, look, that's, uh, and long, long may that continue, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And in terms of the season ahead then, we have to ask you that while, while you're here. Uh, one down, 21 to go, uh, plus all the cups lined up. Um, ambitions for the year? Um, I think as I've, I've listened to, to Harry on, on here, and I think, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd want to win everything or we'll put our, our name in the hat for, for everything. Um, it's... Uh, there is obviously that. I think there's always, as I said before, there's always that expectation to to win um, whatever tournament uh, we're in, uh, whether it be league or, or, or cup. Um, so, in my opinion, it has to be. Uh, we have to aim for the number one spot in in all of them. Uh, and then finally, I guess uh, we look ahead to next week. Um, well, the next couple of weeks, um, there's a couple of crackers though, aren't there? Nantwich away. And then nesting at home. Yeah, always. Um, <clears throat> Nantwich is always a, a way. It's always a, a funny game. Um, it sometimes can be quite low scoring, but they always seem to be tight. Um, obviously, they've got a very good, very good bowling attack, um, which will be testing for our uh, for our batsmen. Um, so, look, hopefully, we can, we can go there and uh, and get the job done, and then nesting. Uh, yeah, we always have good games. They, they they tend to be quite high scoring. Is it is that at home? Jim? Yes, it is. Yeah, Neston. yeah. So yeah, it could be yeah. a, another high scoring uh, affair with with Neston. Uh, and I think in the league we we do edge them in in, in the league typically uh, with them edging us on the, in the knockout uh, in the knockout game. The full toss podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Uh, one thing, um, Lee, we should just touch on, of course, as well was. Uh, uh, memories time on Saturday, wasn't it? And uh, a lovely little ceremony in respect of Don Speakman. Yeah, look, uh, it was fantastic to see so many of Don's friends and family down for the presentation of the scoreboard being renamed uh, the Don Speakman scoreboard. Um, and the players wearing commemorative shirts, which were uh, donated to us by our sponsors, Paul Bristow. So thank you to Ben and Sebastian for that. Um, they organised some fantastic shirts 
uh, with the Viva Donaldo and a picture of Don on as well, which were taken very well by the family. That they're actually going to be uh, sold uh, later uh, this week and, and next week, uh, with all the proceeds going to the Cox charity, which was so close to Don's heart. Um, so anyone who's interested in one of them, speak to Rick Moore, and uh, Rick will be able to deal with that inquiry. But they were, you know, they were a nice touch. And then uh, obviously, uh, club captain Chris Fleet. Uh, spoke uh, on behalf of the club, mentioning what a fond member of the club Don was, what a fantastic volunteer he was as well. And then uh, Cap Captain Harry on his first game, uh, giving a small speech there, you know, just touching on some of the moments that Don had helped him with over his uh, fledgling career uh, at Chester. But, you know, and then the in the minute silence, Zed cars being played out. Um, there was, a, you know, there wasn't many dry eyes, if I was honest, Jim. I think yeah. it, it was the first moment where a lot of the players were together um, to reflect on the passing of Don, obviously being in lockdown when it happened. And uh, it was a fitting tribute. And uh, I hope that uh, he was he was watching down on a, on a very good performance on Saturday. I'm sure he was. Brilliant. Thank you, Lee. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss. What's on at Chester Borton Hall? What is happening here? Well, of course, you know the score by now. You know that the marquee is open. You know that it's necessary to book. COVID regulations apply, of course. But we're working it all out. It's, it's going very well. The the menu, if you haven't seen it yet, is on the website. I recommend you come and have a, a, a bit of uh, Adam's fine fare because uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's bigger than last year. It's better than last year. There's a new chef in town. And it works really well. And anybody who was uh, in that tent on Saturday night after the uh, first weekend's cricket will, I think, vouch for uh, uh, what a great atmosphere that is in there. So that's on. Uh, we ha are still putting together all the um, all the various uh, events for the year. Of course, uh, well, that's very much uh, uh, as you go kind of kind of case. But uh, you know that there's a, a summer ball in the offing, a comedy night as well, uh, and and a bingo night. The details of those events are on the website and uh, back to the cricket of course ladies netting the men are netting and the juniors well if you uh, if you haven't caught up with the, the regs around the juniors and the nights that uh, they're practicing again all that information is on the website okay lee so uh big weekend the ladies start playing this saturday and a great game against didsbury lined up yeah, it really is. And I'll be honest with you, it was really exciting to see some of the, the ladies practice this week. And I know they've been working extremely hard. Alex Money taking a lead on the coaching there, but it really looks like they've they've managed to recruit well. Um, and, you know, the, the first team, there's a real buzz about it at the moment, which, you know, we have talked on this podcast last year about transition and, and the fact that it was a, a young side. But I actually believe that um, the, the senior players in the group believe that we're going to be you know far more competitive this year which is fantastic and uh didsbury there is no no harder place to go really in women's cricket to start with they've got a serious side yes yeah and it's they've had a, a great warm-up to the season the ladies haven't they they've been uh, they've been doing online pilates and keep fit and just about everything else but they really are relishing to, to start the season yeah look they've got a, a fantastic group there obviously you know Di, Nicole, Ali Cutler, you know, they've got some really experienced and enthusiastic members to that section, not to mention Mandy, the second team captain, the second team haven't got a game this week, 
but I know that their game's just around the corner. Um, but for you know, for the the first eleven women, the, the the only absentees, the only negatives this weekend is that Kate Kopak, which is a positive, has been selected for Middlesex. So good luck to Kate. And Seren Smale has been called up for a county game as well. So two of their the better players are, are going to miss out because they're, they're playing representative cricket, which is fantastic for them. But it does give opportunity to some of the girls in that first team group to, to stake a claim. Katie Bennett coming back after an absence of many years. Um, she was with us as a junior, Jim, and she's back. And I'm sure she'll be behind the sticks at the weekend, which will be fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, th- I think that, you know, we could have a, a surprisingly good year from the women. And uh, I got to catch up with them just last night. Down at the Nets after the first weekend of men's action and we're catching up with the women's team, uh, the captain and the coach so I've got Nicole Fisher and Alex Money with me down at the Nets just before their session the weekend before their first game Nicole, who are we playing and how excited are you? We are playing Didsbury um, and I am beyond excited been waiting for this for months, um, but yeah it's hopefully going to be a good game, bit of a toughie to kick off the season, but I think we're ready. So is that home, away? Yeah, we're at home starting at 1.30 here on Sunday. Yeah, so obviously Didsbury, knowing them well, they're a really decent outfit. Who have we got to look out for from, from the opposition? So we've got new captain stepping in this year, Roche. Um, she's a very strong bat. We're not sure whether Hannah Jones is going to be playing. She might have Lank's commitments, but if she is playing, she's definitely going to be one to watch out for. But they've also got a couple of young players, um, a couple of really strong spinners, probably some of the best in the league. So it'll be a tough game. And obviously, on the front pitch, new marquee up. It should be a really good spectacle. Hopefully, people come down and support the girls. Yeah, very exciting. My parents come in to watch. I haven't seen them since Christmas, so that's very exciting. Big event for us. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll get a few people in the marquee making the most of the lovely food and drink and having a good watch of the cricket. So we're here on Thursday night, obviously prepping for that game against Dursbury. I'm here with the women's first eleven coach, uh, Al Money. Al? Obviously, big session tonight. What have we got to look forward to? Uh, yeah, no, it's been a really good few weeks, to be fair. We've had a lot of uptake and a few new members, which is great to see. We've got probably a squad of maybe 14 or 15, I think, so um, some real good quality in there. So we're just trying to kind of hit our straps, really, and get ready for that first game of the season. So we've obviously mentioned a few new members there. Nicole, who, who have we got to look forward to seeing this Saturday, this Sunday? Sorry. Uh, so we've got a few new players. So Georgia Munro's come in. Um, she didn't actually play in a women's team in the Cheshire League. She played for Gresford men's team. Um, she's 16 years old, but she is very handy bat and ball. Left-handed bat as well, which is always nice to add some variety. We've also got uh, Katie Bennett, who's come in. She played for us many years ago, but she will be sharing the gloves with Saren Smale. Um but yeah, there's a few faces that you will know who didn't actually play last season as well. Um, Nettie's coming back into the side um, and then a few familiar faces from last year as well. I did see Charlotte Thompson. Was that, is, she, is she back She's, as well? Yeah, Charlotte Thompson is also back. Um, she was a bit poorly for the last couple of years but we're really looking forward to getting her back and she's really super fit she's great in the field she's a bit of an all-rounder as well quite a reliable player and a good laugh in the bar afterwards 
So for you, Al, obviously a real mixture of uh, young and old to coach here. Just mentioned Nettie being back. Have you had the uh, opportunity to get in the nets and do a bit of bowling with Nettie yet? I have, yeah. She's uh, she's quite uh, she's quite tricky in the nets, to be fair. So it's good. She's got some really good experience, which is always beneficial in this uh, in this sort of environment. So her her experience and her sort of skill set will be really valuable this year. So we're going to try and get her very much involved on a Thursday night and, and hopefully get her. Uh, get a hit in her lengths and get a few a few runs on a uh, on Sunday as well and it'd be remiss of me without uh, mentioning obviously one of the very experienced players is Ali Cutler um, Ali's the club captain for the ladies is that correct yeah she is the club captain taking on the new role for this season um, she's been kind of helping with selection bouncing ideas off with me and everything really helping look at the players because it is it has been really, really tough to think who are going to be our starting eleven. Um, but yeah, and me and Ali have been down to the nets a lot, doing some extra hitting, making sure we're keeping up with all the talent coming through. Uh, we can't be resting on our laurels, but yeah, it's good. So luckily, and this is technology for you and the level of this podcast, I've actually by magic got Ali Cutler here. Um, like Jim will do some great editing here as well. Uh, Ali, great to see you. Uh, looking forward to the season. Can't wait. Cool. Bring it on. Bring it on. So, obviously, at four and a half million in the fancy league, let's get down to the nitty gritty. That was five. Well, by the time I get round to it and I need to fit you in the team, I'll tell Jack to change it to four and a half. Um, basically, the equivalent to Warren in women's cricket over the last 10 years. Playing Disbury at the weekend, are you are you a lock pick for a lot of people? Is four and a half million or five million a steal? Depends whether Hannah Jones is playing for them. So, Hannah Jones is the difference between you getting points and not. Right, Al, so that's what we need to do over the weekend. So, so, it's, not, so it's not about your coaching, it's whether Ivana Jones is playing. But, uh, no, obviously for you, uh, section captain, club captain this year, what do you see that role entailing? Um, it's trying to keep all the players happy. Um, we've got a squad of over 30, well, we've only got two teams, so it's, it's getting the players playing in the right team that we think. Obviously, it's not just me, it's Nicole, it's Al, it's Mandy from the twos. Um, and I'm just the sort of one that takes the pressure off the captain, so it's me that we're talking to the players that don't get in the team they think they should be in, might be in. I know someone quite close to me that has a similar role in the men's section, um, and I know it's extremely tough. It's not Al, it's me. Uh, but um, those phone calls aren't easy, and especially when everyone's been waiting so long to play. Uh, come the weekend, are both teams playing, or is it just the first team? Just the first team this weekend, and I think the two start 4th of May, Tuesday night, I think. Is that the Tuesday? Yeah, so just the first team this week. And, and final question, uh, I'll ask this to you and Nicole. Where, where are we finishing in the league this year? What's the aspirations? Top three. And how many's in the league? Seven or eight, I think. OK, so... Up, so Did you not see the top comment? <laughs> top, top three. <laughs> Lady captain? Uh, I, I'm with Ali on this one. I'm aiming for top three. Um some good players in the league this year but coming from scraping second to bottom um, in the season before Covid I think it'll be tough but I think we've got some guns coming in the bottom of the barrel um, and I think we will shock a few teams which is good Underdogs. And the best part about the whole of this interview is not the word transition has not been used once. I've heard this for the last two years that the women's section is in transition. We've heard it here first. Top three and not a mention of the uh, European Super League in sight either. So, <laughs> girls, good luck at the weekend. I'll enjoy your session and uh, we'll be in touch in the coming weeks. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss. Uh, delighted to say we've nabbed Tilly Bus on her lunch break in, in Ebden Bridge. Tilly? <laughs> yes, that's Sorry, where Hebden I am. Bridge. Hi, Jim. 
Are you, are you okay? You well? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, and yourself? Good, thank you. Very good. Uh, last time I saw you, you were enjoying the uh, the after match uh, social side on Saturday, uh, but you're back in Yorkshire now uh, at, at the day job. Um, yes. More <laughs> of the day job in a little while because it's quite mm-hmm. uh, it's quite special in your your new role. I understand. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting, I must say. I'm excited to tell you about all about it. <laughs> Fantastic. But look, for the for those that uh, that don't know too much about Tilly Bus, um, as I understand it, Tilly, and tell me if I'm wrong, you uh, you arrived on the Chester scene in 2019. We know you as a maraudering, is that a fair word? <laughs> maraudering opening bowler. Uh, something like 104 overs in total. Your best bowling five for five. Wow, uh, a real good economy rate of 3.2. Uh, obviously, you represent uh, the, the women's team, the uh, the rebuilt, uh, the re-emerging uh, lady side that, that we have here. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself, Tills. Um, well, I'll start with I've played cricket since I was eight, long, long time. Um, Ali Cutler actually uh, brought me to the to the club. I think she's recruited quite a few of us, uh, Nicole being included, Nicole Fisher. Um, so, yeah, I was actually lifeguarding at the university and Ali was in charge of that uh, at University of Chester, that is. And she, um, I guarantee the only reason I got the job was because I mentioned cricket in my interview. I really do think that's the only reason because I think she had a recruiting head on from the, from the get go. Um, so, yeah, obviously she then um, kind of badgered me to come because I'd taken a bit of a break from cricket. Um, and I ended up in the lovely Chester Barton Hall. Had no idea what I was coming to. And, uh, yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> so, so a lifeguard, a cricketer turned lifeguard turned cricketer again. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. Wow. I mean, I've never been paid to play cricket, but uh, <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> Early got days. back into the fun of it. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so are you, are you, you're still involved with Chester University to a degree, are you? Or, or have you moved on? Um, not not particularly. I'm still in contact with a few of the students there. Um, I've got a few friends that are still in their third year, so I've uh, been trying to help them out as, as much as possible. But uh, I'm actually not, not at the University of Atlock because I'm back home at the minute yeah, with okay. the new job. Of course, yes. More in a mm-hmm. second. Um, mm-hmm. So look, who was around then uh, when, when, when you first pitched up here? Ali, obviously. Was the likes of uh, Anna Axton around? Uh, yes, Nettie was there. Nettie was there. There was Di, obviously, who's just championing women's cricket forever. Di's uh, been there. She's been there since the, the arc, I'll tell you, Di has. <laughs> yes, yeah, she certainly has. Um, Joanne Herbertson as well, Joe, she was there. I'm just trying to think. So when I came in, I think quite a lot of the, the um, longer term standing players had left. So, um, I mean, Nicole had only been there six months or so before before I'd been there. Um, so I kind of we kind of came uh, at a time where um, we were just starting to rebuild, and then obviously uh, Nicole was named captain and uh, put me as her vice to try and we were just, we just wanted to try and encourage as many girls to come back to the club and um, and kind of find some new people that wanted to play, and I think we've uh, I think we've done okay at that. <laughs> and then, well, you have certainly. And how does that all come about then? Because um, um, at one stage and not that long ago, Chester were, uh, were winning just about everything, weren't they? They were, so it's not something I know a lot, a whole lot about because I, w- I wasn't here. I've heard the stories that you know that just so it was just some people's time to move on, and that was and that was that. So it, um, yeah, we had obviously had Ali and uh, Nettie and um, Di who'd been there from for a long time, but a lot of it was recruiting juniors as well because they're just a lot of the long termers left, which is um, 
which is a shame but obviously we're rebuilding now and uh we're we find ourselves in quite a strong position this season actually with uh head recruiter ali getting us some uh <laughs> some good players uh and drawing some players back in so yeah yeah i've seen i've seen you in the nets there and uh mm. there's there's lots of ladies obviously we've got two teams now as well haven't we yeah so when um when I first started, we were lucky to get four, five people down to nets at a training session. We're now getting close to 25. Wow. <laughs> it, very rarely under 20 now, which is just fantastic, really. Uh, all of varying abilities, but we've got some, we've got some good players, some really good players. And there's, there's, yeah. there seems to be a real buzz around the, the, the ladies' setup here at the moment as well at Chester. Mm-hmm. Is, is that fair? Yeah. So it. Uh, I think it's just ladies enjoying their cricket again. I think it got it got quite it got to a point where a lot of people were carrying the team, so a lot of pressure was put onto them when they did play, and it kind of took the fun out a little bit. Um, so now that we are kind of spreading the wealth, trying to uh, yeah, trying to get as um, as many of the good um, as many decent players as we can to to join the side and kind of take the burden off the key players. It's uh, it's ma- it's making it a more enjoyable uh, place. It's making it a, you know, it's something me and Nicole have really worked on is trying to get people to have fun playing cricket again because it was something that wasn't that wasn't a main feature when when I first started. So yeah, but it's it's very different to, um, from a long time ago. Old people like me will 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 remember <laughs> that. Um, uh, what's what's the great sales point? I mean, ladies' cricket across the country, across the world, for that matter, of course, is is on the up. We we, we know mm-hmm. that it's never been bigger. It's never been been better. Is it a mm. difficult sell or not? I I think only because of the preconceptions around it, only that, you know, women can't hit it as hard and all that kind of stuff, which I guess to a degree could could be true. I mean, we don't have the physical size of, of the Memphis players, but because of that, we play technical cricket. Mm, yeah. So it means that a lot of the times that when we do play a shot, it has to be technically correct to get, to get the runs to, and, and when we're bowling as well, because we don't have the, the size of the shoulders that the boys do it means that we have to work, work really hard on the way that we're playing um so I think if you want to you know if you want to watch a, a good game of cricket women's cricket is is not a bad shout because technically we have to we have to be better at that kind of area to get to get the same results as the boys do so yes yeah. yes and it looked like you kind of uh, began to get things together last year. You knew, we spoke to Nicole quite a few times, and mm-hmm. we all knew that it was kind of a, a, a building year, if you like. Um, mm. How much did it progress over that summer? Or half a summer, I guess. Well, I was just going to say it's hard, really, because of because uh, of COVID and everything. We, we, we struggled. Um, it, we, we struggled to kind of get the momentum going because it was so short. Uh, but it was... It was good because it, it gave a lot. There wasn't a lot of opportunity to do very much last year. So having cricket and getting people to come out and play cricket in a safe environment and uh, kind of give them something to do other than being sat at home in lockdown was uh, yeah was a really big was a really big thing for us. And I uh, and I think that kind of that kind of sold cricket to the girls again. Which so actually yeah. I've been sat at home, not being able to do anything, and I'm playing cricket, and I'm loving it. So, <laughs> well, you say you've been yeah. sat at home. From what, from what I can see, you've you've had online um, kind of warm ups and uh, all sorts of fitness training, haven't you? Oh, I mean, this year particularly, yeah. So that wasn't so much last season, but this season, Nicole's really uh, taking it up a notch. So she uh, she organised yoga sessions. I think there was a Pilates. There was a just dance that oh. I was nowhere near. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, she did really well with all that fitness stuff. And I think it's helped the girls as well, actually. It kind of brought us all together a little bit. 
um, the girls are really pumped for it. We've been training twice a week, uh, trying to get as much in as possible, obviously, with the not being able to train so much up until uh, the, the rules have changed, as in regulations from the government, etc. Um, so, yeah, we're really we're really excited and really prepared and hoping to carry on with the media side as well. Yes, tell us about that. Bring the, uh, so, yeah, we did um, some match commentary last year as kind of a, a way to try and get people in, uh, involved that couldn't be there so there were quite a few so for example my grandpa he couldn't make it to all the games that uh that he wanted to because of the covid restrictions uh and in, uh, being in you know a, a, a different social setting um so being able to do the commentary was just fantastic because it brought the game to them it to people like my grandpa that couldn't couldn't be there so you know we'd get maybe 100 listeners or so but that's bringing our women's game to to uh, to more people that, that couldn't be there and it actually encouraged people to come down as well uh, which was fantastic uh, but yes yeah, so we continue obviously we would much like to continue with that uh, this season so fingers crossed we've got that all set up for Didsbury on Sunday I need to check it with them still <laughs> fantastic and, and ultimately because um, of course we're getting live streaming sorted for Saturdays ultimately we're mm-hmm. going to try and involve that as well aren't we mm-hmm. absolutely yes please <laughs> Great stuff. So Didsbury on, on, on Sunday and you're up and running. So that's that's fab. Mm-hmm. Um, now, look, in, in Tilly Buss's life, there's uh, something big that's happened just recently. Tell us about this fantastic new role you've landed, Tilly. Oh, it still doesn't quite feel real, if I'm honest. Um, but I um, I started uh, the interview process for a, a, a junior media officer position at the ECB, uh, the England and Wales Cricket Board. Um in December last year and uh, about a month ago I started and I it, long interview process what felt like a long time but um, yeah managed managed to to get my hands on it I think 250 people applied or something so yeah it's, uh, it's a bit crazy really bit that's crazy. fabulous <laughs> so you've got a, a background and degree in in sports journalism yeah, that's what I was, so that's what I studied at, uh, at the University of Chester was sports journalism I graduated last year um, with uh, the promise of a job actually um, working for the for the hundred um not with the ecb but with a marketing company that were helping them obviously then the hundred got pushed back um so i uh, <laughs> was a little bit helpless no, nothing to do uh, and then ended up seeing this job opportunity and uh, yeah applied and here we are that's a, that's <laughs> a fantastic story so you, lifeguard to cricketer to um ecb junior media officer yes it's bizarre it's you know because you're meeting everybody over teams it's not it's not in person i mean because when uh, when covid is eventually over if it ever will be um my offices will be at lord's cricket ground which is i was gonna say so, so i mean you're on the uh you're, you're managing from the uh the the ebden bridge branch ebden bridge mm-hmm. branch at the moment obviously uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the family home uh, the satellite <laughs> office um but uh in in time you will uh you will pitch up at lord's then yeah so i'm I'm hoping it'll be after this season because I, I would really like to to play at least one last season at Chester uh, with everybody. I think uh, I yeah per, I personally, but um, it's looking likely that it'll be kind of midsummer that um, we'll end up having to go go further south, which is which will be a shame. But I'm just excited for the, yeah, the opportunity. Right yeah, and you'll be arranging interviews and reports and stuff and things. I guess. Yeah. I so I think so. I think I'm going to be doing a little bit of everything, if I'm honest. Uh, so I, my my position kind of sits um, in between uh, marketing campaigns and publications as well. So I'm just going to be lending a helping hand wherever I think. 
yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, look, two things. Uh, first of all, best <laughs> of luck with that. Obviously, that sounds like an absolutely fantastic role there. Thank uh, and don't you. forget us when you're uh, when you, you're in the uh, <laughs> the ivory tower at uh, at HQ. <laughs> absolutely not. Don't you worry. <laughs> and good luck with the, with the cricket as well. Uh, that's where it all started, isn't it? So you'll be back out in the middle on uh, on Sunday. Tilly, Thanks, Jim. Fantastic. Thank you for that. All the best. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Hey, so the first week of the Fantasy League, Lee, what's the headline news? Well, the headline news, Jim, is that we've had a, a couple of teams looking to break away into the Super League of the Fantasy League, <laughs> but, we've, but, but we, we've, we've managed to sort that. Well, let's hear from the horse's mouth then. Come in, Jack Williams. So with the first week of the season down, week one of the Fantasy League is complete. The opening leader is Joe Kaloran, who's built up an 87-point lead. Um, Joe went all-in on star first-team batsman Warren Goodman this week with an early use of the triple captain. Warren duly delivered for Joe with a mammoth 194 points after his 144. If you want to get Warren in your team, you'll have to move fast though, as his value has already increased up to 8.3 million from eight and the biggest mover this week. Many teams followed Lee's advice on the pod last week by getting Ed Owen into their team. Um, his percentage of teams that had him in went up to 40% just before Saturday. Unfortunately, he only rewarded them with two points. I wonder whether people will listen to Lee's advice going forward. The biggest value per million, though, was definitely amongst the batters in week one, with Dan Pond and Lee Dixon, along with Warren, being the only players to break 20 points per million. Dan Riley picked up the most points from the bowlers with 98, despite Bowden's rearguard effort blocking out for the draw. The leading value though of the bowlers was Alex Cotton, who delivered 15 points per million pounds. Superstar all-rounders from the first and second team, Reg Wyatt and Harry Kaloran, both broke 100 points. And they've both seen their values rise, and so I'm sure we'll be in high demand going forward. Thanks all, play well. And that wraps up the uh, busy, well, a very busy Full Toss podcast. Uh, my thanks to all our contributors this time round. That was Warren Goodwin, well done on your 144. Nicole Fisher, Ali Cutler, Tilly Buss, all the very best for Sunday. Alex Money, thank you as well for your coaching words, wise words. And, of course, Jack Williams with his Fantasy League update. Not forgetting the man around town, of course, as ever, Lee Dixon. So the very best of luck to all our teams this weekend. If you can, get yourself in the tent, see what's going on down at Chester Borton Hall. And above all else, of course, please do stay safe. We'll see you next time round on The Full Toss. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall.